Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream, though what's harder to live? Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Yes, sir. 125 here on CLNS Radio in the Hooper's Log, in the CLNS Studios for Seat Geek, the Seat Geek Studios. If you'd like to call in and talk about this, 323-642-1558. Look, if you're gullible enough to believe this hoopla that the Golden State Warriors are going to be are going to just have a massive drop off because Steph Curry now, as of today, as you all heard, and if those of you are listening live, obviously the news has already been broken that Steph Curry will miss a minimum of two weeks because of his leg sprain. Look. Look, I'm not going to sit here and defend really everything about Golden State. I'm not a Warrior fan, but there is one thing I need to defend, and that is the fact that, look, I am the last person who will do this, but I'm going to do it anyway and help, help the Warrior fan and give you understanding of those of you who aren't Warrior fans, understand how non 
of a of a deal, non big deal this is from last night. This is not a big deal what happened last night. Look, look, okay, from the standpoint of the team winning the championship, maybe. Maybe. But recognize, I've been saying this since January. I've been saying it February, March, and now. Steph Curry, recognize, great player, 400 threes, greatest shooter we've ever seen all time. Impact on the team, if you took him off this team from the beginning of the season all the way until the playoffs, until now, this team might be a two or three seed in the West. That is a minimum of a three seed. Steph Curry does not make this team a 41-win ball club. Hey, let's break it down. Let's, hey, Kevin Hart, get it going for me. Let's just get it started. People need to learn today. They really do. This is outrageous what I'm hearing throughout the media, and I can't believe I'm going to defend the Warriors. I can't all believe right, right, doing right. 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 You're going to learn today. Understand something about this. The Golden State Warriors are not that good outside of people saying, just because Steph Curry's there doesn't make them, you know, un, just because just Steph Curry's there doesn't make them an unbelievably team all time. What I mean by is the Golden State Warriors are not just driven by Steph Curry. This is what I meant to say. And Golden State has, just start breaking down the positions, please. Like, just use your common sense. Don't listen to this media narrative BS that you're hearing all around the nation. Don't listen to all this crap that's going on about, oh, the, the Golden State Warriors, oh, I think they're going to struggle against the Clippers now, or they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna recognize something. Just, just step back from the moment of freaking out about Steph Curry, because every single time I see one little blip of Steph Curry news, it literally blows up my phone to the point where I don't even know who is better anymore. So now it makes sense as to why all the sheep out there and all you people out there who think that that Steph Curry has this massive impact on this team, you're absolutely blind to the narrative that this team, this team, this team, this team, let me just, let me just, the team, the damn team is unfreaking believable. It's not Steph Curry. It's not only Steph Curry. It's freaking, it is freaking the best. I mean, this is the best team, 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 depth-wise, we have seen probably ever, ever, outside of maybe my Spurs, outside of that. This is an unbelievably depth team. Steph Curry doesn't create depth. Steph Curry doesn't create a team that this magnitude has. 73 wins. You don't get the 73 wins because of one player. Okay? The same could be made for the argument for the Bulls back in 96. They had Pippen. They had Rodman. They had Kerr. They had Paxton. They had Horace Grant. They had... They had that roster. They had Will Purdue. They had role players, depth. That's what they had. They were unbelievable. This Warrior team, you take Steph Curry out of the equation, they've got a now, in my opinion, and I think it's a very valid opinion, a top 25 point guard in the NBA in Sean Livingston. Did you watch that game last night? Did you watch that? Did you watch that game last night? This team went off. Without Steph Curry, I didn't watch any of the game. I was at the mall. I was with my girlfriend. I was having fun. I was enjoying life. I was doing the life thing. I've done 125 episodes this year. I feel like I can do that from time to time. But I was getting updates on my phone. Like, oh, Steph bummed his leg again. Okay. I saw him twist it. Looked horrendous. Looked horrible. And I feel awful for him. And as a, and as a Steph Curry hater, deep down, it is horrible to see. And it still pits my stomach to see a guy get hurt like that. I don't care how much I hate him, it still pits me, and I hate to see it. 
But I've been saying it all year long. Unbelievable player. Impact on the actual team. He's just one of 12 or one of 13, 14, 15 guys. And he's a great asset. Do not get me wrong. The greatest shooter of all time. And I will never debate that. But outside of that, it's like when you start getting into these arguments about, you know, Steph Curry being this kind of player or that kind of player or this or that or this, you start to really start to really get into a point where you're starting to think, oh, he really is the greatest player of all time. He's not at all. And this team last night, I watched the entire third quarter, replayed the entire quarter, and if you would have just ignored the fact that Steph Curry was injured and all the hoopla off the court that, oh, he's trying to come back and all the, all the over-dramatized media BS that you see all the time through ESPN, TNT, all these other nations that, that I love. I love them all. But it is outrageous. And on Fox Sports Radio last night, I'm listening driving home from my girlfriend's house, which is real far away. And I am about to drive off the road and freak out because I'm hearing people say that this Golden State Warrior team is now a, 50, a 500 ball club at best without Steph Curry. Are you out of your freaking mind? Are you crazy? Like, you have to be – I mean, I live right down the street, which makes sense because clearly I deserve to be there. But I live right down the street from a mental institution. There are some people in the media outlet, some people on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever you want to call it, who say that now that Steph Curry's gone, they're done. Are you out of your freaking mind? Are you serious right now? Let me break down the roster for you. Draymond Green. Is Draymond Green a top five forward in the NBA? Yeah, absolutely he is a top five forward in the NBA. In fact, if he's not on a top, if he's not on an all-NBA one, two, or three team this year, it is an absolute slap in the face to him because he is one of the best forwards in the game. In my opinion, the best. He had the best year of any player at the forward position, in my opinion, this season. From the standpoint of impact, from the standpoint of helping that team operate, this was Draymond Green's season. In fact, you could give him the MVP, and I would have no problem with it. That's how great he was this year. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, defensively, offensively, altogether, a top five shooting guard, huh? Let's let's lift them up. Jimmy Butler, uh, we got Jimmy Butler out. There's no ranking. This is just throwing them out there. Jimmy Butler, James Harden, uh, maybe, maybe DeMar DeRozan, maybe in the top five, maybe. That's that's really like stretching it. And then you got Clay Thompson, and then you got another guy in there. Uh, I, I can't think of the, I can't think of their names right now. I'm so hot right now because it's just ridiculous. And then you also think about Draymond Green. You can, you can name five forwards right now, the best five forwards in the league off the top of your head. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, uh, Draymond Green, and Paul George. Boom, right there. It's not that hard. No order. That's just that's five forwards right there, the best five forwards in the NBA. Draymond Green's in that discussion. No debate. Clay Thompson, top five shooting guard, maybe even top three shooting guard in the NBA. No debate. And then you have the bench, Maurice Spates. An incredible guy off the bench, an offensive dynamo who has a perfect role, 5 to 10, now maybe 15 to 20 minutes stretched out, where he can play great basketball from the mid-range game, make a couple of plays here and there, and play within his role and outstretch his role maybe a little bit. He is unbelievable. Sean Livingston, and I've said this multiple times, can start for about 10 to 15, 20 teams in the NBA right now and make a huge impact. This guy is an unbelievable player, and if Steph wasn't there, he could fill in perfectly. He really could, and he would, and he'd be fine. Then you got guys uh, like Andrew Bogut, 
a pretty good defensive center. In fact, you can make the case he's a top 10 defensive center in the NBA. You can make that debate. He's in the discussion of top 10. He is. Um, Then you can talk about guys like Harrison Barnes. Not a great player, a fantastic player for the starting rotation, a good player inside that starting rotation. Not the best player, but but he's decent, and he gets the job done. Leandro Barbosa. May I remind you that Leandro Barbosa backed up a guy in Steph Curry, or excuse me, Steve Nash back in the day, and he did a fantastic job, and he still keeps doing it. He still keeps doing it. He can shoot it from outside like no one else in the game. He's unbelievable. Festus Azili, not the best player ever to come off the bench, but a big guy who can give you 10 to 15, 20 minutes of ball game and impact the game as a solid defensive threat and a player who just gives you eats up minutes. This team, and Ian Clark is showing something incredible. This team, if you took Steph Curry off the team, is totally great. They're great. In fact, if you took Steph Curry off of this team, I would debate they're still a top 15, top 10 team all time. If they, if, and they can still win the title. Don't Look, if, this is what's crazy. Look. You hear people talk about, oh, now how far – I'm getting all these updates right now. How far can the Warriors go without Steph? How, how will they do? What's the odds? You know, the Vegas odds are now 3-2 to two for San Antonio and 9-4, to four, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Golden State Warriors and their attempt to win the championship. Are you out of your mind? This team won 73 games this year, and they won it because, yes, Steph had an impact. This team would definitely be maybe about 10 games worse without Steph. But maybe not just 10, maybe only like seven or eight if you really break it down. He added only maybe about 10 to 15 wins. The team still would be in the 60-win range, 58-win range. That's a great team. That's a top three team, top two team in the West. So for people to sit there and think, yes, playing the Clippers is going to be tough. It was going to be tough anyway. This wasn't going to be a major drop-off if Steph got hurt or if someone got hurt. And they, and they got into the next round. It was going to still be a tough stretch. Steph doesn't impact the team that immensely to the point where they're so bad and they're so out of control horrible. Like, they're not the Rockets when Steph leaves the court, people, okay? If you think that the – if you think – when I started hearing this team was 41 and 41 when Steph Curry's not on the team, I started thinking, okay, so people are comparing the Golden State Warriors to the, the Houston Rockets the Boston Celtics from last year, um, and the Phoenix Suns went healthy. You're, you're, just, just fathom that. Just step back for five seconds and fathom those remarks. Like, this team is still a 60-win ball club without Steph Curry. That is how unbelievable they are. And if you want to say he's MVP, go right ahead. He has 400 threes. He's the head of the snake. Um, but for the most part, this is an entire team effort. And if you watch, if you had any iota of an idea of how you watched that ball game last night in game four, it was tied at half, 56 to 56. And the Warriors went on a 41 to 18 run to take a 21, 23, 25 point lead going into the fourth quarter. They had 97 points heading into the fourth after having 56 with no ounce of Steph Curry. Do I need to plead my point on that this is an entire team effort? Andrew Bogut said it best. They're not lighting candles in the middle of the they're not lighting candles in the middle of the court freaking out about Steph Curry being gone. 
Clay Thompson doesn't care. He's out there trying to win a ball game. Draymond Green, he's going to keep playing hard, and he's going to keep being the motor of that team that he's been all year long. This team is not just going to disappear and, and fall off the map and never make it to the finals because I can guarantee you this. What's going to happen now with Steph being out for a minimum of two weeks, and I can guarantee he'll be back in two weeks, maybe three, you know, at the latest. And I can guarantee you when he comes back, the media's opinion about Steph Curry, which I hope to God, and as, and as, a, as a Steph Curry hater, I hope to God that people recognize that this guy does not have as big of an impact on this team that people think. He doesn't. He won't. He does not have that much of an impact on this team. As an MVP candidate, your impact should be so immense. Most valuable player. Value from the standpoint of if you're not on that team, that team is atrocious. From the standpoint of if you're not on that team, they don't click. From the standpoint of if you're not on that team, you start to go through lulls and you can't come back from them. Paul George, MVP candidate. Will he get it this year? Absolutely not. LeBron James, no debate. MVP candidate. He's been that way for almost the last seven years. There's no debate on that. He has been. He's been in the conversation for seven years of MVP. James Harden. Without him, that team is garbage. Damian Lillard for the Portland Trailblazers. Without him, that team is not a top five team in the West. I don't care what you say. Kevin Durant. You saw it. This year they improved by 10 games when he wasn't even on the team last year. MVP candidate. Those are MVPs. Without them, those teams don't do anything. If we're gonna if we're gonna narrow cast and say that the best award the the MVP of the NBA should go to the best player on the best team, then why don't we just stop having guys and have them stop you know talking about their impact on teams? Because then clearly most valuable doesn't mean anything if you're not talking about impact. Because yes. Steph Curry has an impact, but I'm going to guarantee you something, people. For those of you listening to the podcast, if you'd like to call and talk about this, or if you're listening live, obviously, you'd like to call about this, 323-642-1558. I'm going to guarantee you this. The moment Steph Curry comes back, the media narrative about this team is going to say, oh, they didn't really need him. This is, this is a scary team. This is, this, is a, this is a dynamic. This is the scariest team we've ever seen because everyone's impression for somewhere in the middle of the season came about where the Golden State Warriors then became the Steph Curry show in the circus of him shooting shots from 35 feet out, you know, shooting 400 threes, shooting this, doing that, doing this, when in fact it's been since the beginning of the season at the end of October that this team has been together. They have made – when you watch the Golden State Warriors play basketball, it is beautiful. Okay, and I'm a Spurs fan, and I can appreciate that to the level that basketball should be played and the professionalism that it should be played at. The Golden State Warriors do that, and for that alone, it is incredible. It is not a one-man show. No matter what you say, it is not a one-man show watching this team. And so for that being said, when Steph comes back in two, three weeks at the max, I guarantee he's going to come back around two weeks. This media narrative about this team will change. You're going to see this team go through the L.A. Clippers like Swiss cheese. They're going to get to – I wouldn't say they're going to destroy them. They're probably going to beat them in five or six, but I had them winning in five or six anyway with or without Steph Curry. It's going to be the same thing. They're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. The Western Conference Finals is going to go seven, as I think it's still going to go. And will the Spurs win? Will the Golden State Warriors win? I still don't know, and I'm a diehard Spurs fan. 
So stop it with this Steph Curry is, is, is the entire team and that if they don't have him, they're garbage. You're out of your mind, and your opinion is jack nothing if you think that that's the case. This team is going to be fine. They're going to do well, and they're going to, and they're going to, they're going to impose – a different type of threat that people will not be ready for and an overall team. Are they better without Steph Curry? No, because at the same time, Steph Curry is a big part of what they do. But is he, the most, is he, is he, a, is he a, so important to the point where their team is garbage without him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that will be proven here over the next couple of weeks. And I can't believe I just went on a 20-minute monologue about the Golden State Warriors and defending them without their best player. I can't believe I just did that. But I did. Let's get over to the weekend recap, and let's get it going um, here on the show. I can't believe I got all these headlines popping up about Steph Curry and how the team won't do anything without him. It's a freaking joke. Um, let's get back to, the, to what happened over the weekend. Obviously, a bunch of games happened. Right now at the half, uh, the Hornets are up 48-39 to 39 over the Heat. Uh, the Heat are up 2-1 in the series. I can't believe they're only at game four, and it's been almost 10 days in the playoffs. Crazy. Um, but the Hornets are up 48-39 at the half. Um, going into Friday, um, going into Friday, obviously, the games, Cavaliers beat the Pistons 101-91. to We all know what happened last night. The Cavs beat the Pistons at night, 198, sweeping the Pistons. I know, I know Andrew Norris is upset. That's why he's not in the building. That's why he's not here. Actually, he's doing some other things right now that we'll get to when he gets back on the air again eventually here over the week. But uh, the, the Cavaliers sweep the Pistons both times in Detroit. And look, I said this before, and I'll say it again before we let the Pistons go. The Pistons had an unbelievable year, 44-38. and 38. They beat the Cavs three out of four times in the regular season. They got swept, unfortunately, but every single game they played against the Cavs, they were ultra-competitive, and they played them to a T. That's what you want to see in your young guys, and that's what you want to see them do throughout the year. And next year, walking in, they're going to have that confidence of trying to get 50 wins and be a dominant team in the Eastern Conference and try and be in that discussion of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And who knows, that could be the case. And that could be the circumstance walking into 2016-2017 for next basketball season. On Friday, uh, the Hawks and Celtics played against Celtics won in a big way, 111-103. to Isaiah Thomas, 42 points, absolutely offensive dynamo as the 2-5-3 stepped up in Boston, getting it done. Isaiah Thomas from Curtis High School, literally 10 miles down the road from where I live. Isaiah Thomas getting it done for the Boston Celtics winning a game, winning game three of the series on Friday, 111 to 103, big time win there. The Spurs also won over the Grizzlies, 96 to 87. Again, getting off to a little bit of a better start, but still presenting lulls. Uh, but most of the bench played, and Kawhi Leonard absolutely went off in game three. 32 points, seven rebounds, two assists. I think he had five blocks as well. Unbelievable plays. Uh, by the Spurs, players by the Spurs uh, on Friday. But again, the Grizzlies, you have to give them all the credit in the world down pretty much every single superstar you can think of outside of Zach Randolph. They definitely played their guts out. And on Sunday, they lost in game four, getting swept by the Spurs in the morning, 116 to 95. Funny enough, the power went out with about 10 minutes left in the second quarter. um, And the Spurs were up only three. So this entire series, the whole series was close, and the Spurs won by 21 in the final in the finale of the sweep uh, for the Spurs over the over the Grizzlies, 116 to 95 on Sunday. But this San Antonio Spurs team did what they needed to do. They took care of business, and they did it in a very professional manner. And the Grizzlies, you really do have to give it up for the Grizzlies. And as and I'm not even saying this as a Spurs fan and as a as a winner of the series, but as an objective person, the Grizzlies 
absolutely played fantastic basketball considering how shorthanded they were. And I'm telling you, considering how shorthanded they were playing against the second best team in the NBA and maybe a top 10 team all time, you have to give the Grizzlies a ton of credit because they definitely gave the Spurs fits. They definitely had me worrying there a couple of times. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, we won, but they definitely played outstanding basketball. What happened on Saturday? Obviously, we just talked about the Cavs and the Spurs sweeping. But what happened on Saturday? The Pacers get the victory 183 over the Raptors, tying the series 2-2 in Indiana as they go back to Toronto for Game 5. That is going to be one of the best Game 5s we're going to see all year long. That's going to be on tomorrow, I believe, at 6 p.m. Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. That is going to be one of the biggest games all year long to watch and one of the best Game 5s. In fact, tomorrow's games for Tuesday, two Game 5s in the East. Obviously, Celtics and Hawks played again last night or yesterday as the Celtics won in overtime, 104 to 95. Isaiah Thomas tying up the series, going 28 for 28, six and four. He was unbelievable again as the Celtics found a way to outheart the Hawks in the second half, outscoring them 22 to 19 in the fourth and 12 to three in the overtime period. This Isaiah Thomas and Celtics team has come back from the dead down 2-0, getting dominated in game two. And now these last two games, they have hope here on CLNS Radio. If you'd like to call in and talk about it, feel free to do so. 323-642-1558 is the number uh, in the SeatGeek studios. But Isaiah Thomas is the true head of the snake for this team. Is he the entire team? Absolutely not. But is he the guy who gets it going? Absolutely. And he geared this team to another victory last night on Sunday. And now the series is tied at 2 to a piece. Hornets bounce back, get their first victory in the playoffs since 2002. Yes, since 2002 as the Charlotte Hornets. Now remember, obviously the Bobcats have been to the playoffs, I believe, a couple of times. You have the Hornets when they were in New Orleans. They won games in the playoffs back then. But remember that the, uh, the, the, the Charlotte Hornets, the last time they won as the Charlotte Hornets, was 2002, and they got it done on Saturday, winning 96 to 80 over the Heat, cooling off the Heat as much as, as the Heat as much as they could. Marvin Williams, 14 rebounds, 12 points, outstanding point there for the Hornets. They they played outstanding again, winning 96 to 80. Now down 3-1 in the series, and they're playing right now, as I just mentioned, and they're at the half uh, as they keep moving forward. Thunder get the victory over the Mavs on Saturday, 119 to 108, and Kevin Durant. <laughs> got ejected late in the ball game, and obviously Russell Westbrook getting a little snippy at the crowd, uh, apparently yelling out at the crowd, and now there's a whole bunch of drama off the court with Mark Cuban saying that Kevin Durant's the only superstar on the team and that Russell Westbrook is only an all-star, not a superstar. I don't know if you really want to say that, Mark Cuban, considering you have another game with this team, you have one more game against them, and if Oklahoma City destroys you in game five, all I got to say is you asked for it. This Thunder team is geared up and ready to go, and emotions are running high in this series so far. Just wait until the Thunder get into the second round. I'm telling you, oh, man, I I can't wait to write about it for thehooperslog.com. If you haven't checked it out yet, thehooperslog.com. Uh, Andrew, uh, Calvin, myself, we're all going to be writing on the Hooper's Log uh, about the second round postseason matchups. It's going to be one of the greatest second rounds we've ever seen. And all I can say is the second round in the West, look out for them articles. They're going to be unbelievable, and they're going to be the funnest things we've seen in some time. But if Thunder get the victory on Saturday night again, 119-108, to 108, Russell West for 25 points, 15 assists, and five rebounds, dominating affair there by the, by the Thunder in Dallas as they get their victory and go up 3-1 in the series. 
those two teams, I believe, they're going to play tonight, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, they're playing right now. The Thunder are up at home in game five. They're up 23-14, to 14, about four minutes left in the first quarter. So they got a lot of stuff going there right now. A lot of games going on in the NBA, two of them right now going on uh, simultaneously. And the Trailblazers bounce back at their first victory of the postseason. Now, I, wanna, I just want to say this. Uh, for the Portland Trailblazers, for them, 96-88, they got the victory over the Clippers. Now, just think about this. The Portland Trailblazers coming into the year had lost four of their five starters. They came in, they got the fifth seed in the West, 44 wins, only seven games worse than last year, and they got to the playoffs, and they got a victory in the playoffs. I mean, just think about that. This team last year, they lost in the first round, and, and, they, and, and now they're, they're about as good as they were last year with less talent. This, this is the best coaching job all year, getting a victory at home, a win over uh, the Clippers. Clippers are going to win the series, but the Trailblazers are definitely – uh, motivation for that alone as getting a victory for them is a big time step in the right direction moving forward and who knows maybe they'll attract a free agent and, and they can become the next dynasty in the western conference as time moves on because they have a very young solidified group going forward they could be a really tough team down the stretch uh, over the next couple of years with the team that they have right now but they get the victory on saturday 96 to 88 uh the clippers still lead 2-1 in this series, I believe they play tonight in the late game. They do uh, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. That'll be on TNT as well. The Sunday games, I just mentioned the Spurs and Grizzlies, 116-95. to 95. Spurs get the victory over the Grizzlies. And like I said earlier, Warriors dominating the Rockets, 121-94. to 94. I forgot to mention one guy off the bench on that Warrior team that also can provide a giant spark when Steph's off, Andre Iguodala. Obviously, the finals MVP from last year. Unbelievable performance. Again, 22 points, five rebounds, four assists off the bench. This team, I'm telling you, is an unbelievable team. One guy doesn't make the team. And they proved it in the fourth, in the third quarter. 41 to 20, they outscored the Rockets without their unanimous MVP, which he ain't unanimous. I'm sorry. And I know, I know Andrew and I have talked about it millions of times. He's not unanimous. It's obvious. Uh, 121-94, obviously, and the Celtics get the victory over the Hawks, 104-95 in overtime, and then the Cavaliers beat the Pistons 100-98. to LeBron James, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Tobias Harris in his final game of the season, 23 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists. This Pistons team has all the makings of a team that's going to be really, really, really tough down the stretch. So that's your recap over the weekend. And what's going on right now in the NBA? Obviously, the Hornets are up 48-39 at half. Uh, the Thunder are now up 25 to 14, three minutes left in the first quarter. Um, and uh, the Thunder are looking to close out that series tonight. And the Heat are trying to go up 3-1 in the series over the Hornets uh, as they play in, I believe it's game four, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from the night before. So they're trying to get that done there. Those are going on simultaneously. If you want to go check them out, feel free to do so. If you're listening to the podcast, let's just move on. That game between the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets last night, again, Steph Curry only hitting one three in the first half that he played. The, the Warriors had 21 three-pointers, the most three-pointers of all time in a playoff game, without Steph Curry. He only shot one of those, and that was early in the game. So this team is fine. They're totally fine without him. They're fine. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're, they're automatic now. They're not automatic and they get to the Western Conference Finals or at least get there. It's not an automatic. It never was, though. Considering the run they, road they have to go through, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Spurs, the Cavs, 
they still have a, a daunting task, Steph Curry or not. It's still going to be daunting. But like I said, 21 threes last night, unbelievable. I mean, it is fascinating what they've done uh, out there in Golden State, with or without Steph. They're the, they're the best team in the NBA for a reason, and they proved it again last night with 21 threes, a record-breaking uh, thing there for the Golden State Warriors. Um, off the court stuff, obviously Cavs and, Cavs and Spurs are the two teams, lone teams waiting in both conferences uh, for their next-round opponents. Big-time stuff there from the standpoint of getting rest and from the standpoint of finding an opportunity to catch their breath before they get into the daunting second half, second round, especially for the Spurs going forward, especially with older legs, an older team, definitely a big leg up for them as they're going to go on and face probably the Thunder as they're going to close out their series tonight. It is going to be uh, – that series is going to be unbelievable, obviously, and the Warriors-Clippers series is also going to be unbelievable there. And like I said, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, both got fined. KD got fined 15000 Russell Westbrook 25000 for what they said off the court. Uh, two fans in the stands uh, in Dallas. Tough, tough things to do there. Uh, and the Golden, excuse me, the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, they're going to be fine. Those guys are going to be fine. They're, they're just, they're heated. They're ready to go. They're ready to go to the next series. A lot like what Andrew and I said, let's just get past the first round. And the second round is going to be bonkers. Off the court stuff. Yes off-the-court rumors, drama, all that. This is the Laker portion of the show. Byron Scott's been fired in the Los Angeles Lakers front office, and it has all been due to, as I've been listening, driving around today at work, um, I, listen to, uh, I listen to a lot of Fox Sports Radio, I'm not going to lie, and uh, uh, I believe his name is, man, I can't believe I forgot his name, but the point is, is the day crew uh, from 12 p.m. Pacific to 3 p.m. Pacific, those guys, I can't believe, I think it's Jay Moore Sports, uh, these guys bring up unbelievable points about this organization, that it is a complete, you know, uh, just, just lap sack of an organization for right now from the standpoint of you're going to get rid of Byron Scott, but you're not going to let Jeannie Buss know. You're not going to let Jeannie Buss know the circumstance of why you're getting rid of him, you know? Like, why would you allow that to happen? Why would you allow for that circumstance to occur when you're – she is the head-all, end-all, be-all of, of, of decisions in the Laker front office, yet she didn't know about it. She didn't know about him being fired. So that right there is all you need to know about what's going on with the Lakers. Kobe Bryant's gone, a bunch of young guys, um, I mean, in destinations for coaches. Obviously, Tom Thibodeau and, and, and Scott Brooks are gone, and Kevin McHale's available, but I don't think he wants to coach there. I don't think anyone outside of a, you know, a Calipari, which has been brought up through other people, and other, you know, other flurries out there of coach names that have been thrown out there, this is a really tough job now. The, the, the Laker project, it, that's just what it's called now. It's called, it's called the Laker project. It's not just, it's not just the fact that it's, the, it's, the, it's a bad organization right now. But it's from the standpoint of they really are now finally getting the opportunity to begin the rebuilding process. Finally, the real way. And hopefully, they set out this summer, get the free agents they need, get the head coach they need, and they solidify what L.A. Laker land should be, which is dominance. Again, the, the, Lake, the NBA is better when the Lakers are good. It just is. That's just how it works. It's like, it's like the Yankees in baseball. Baseball is much better when the Yankees are good. It just That's just how it is. The Lakers need to get back to that dominance and get back to that ability to be what they used to be. 
They can get there. They can get to that level again. They just need to bring in the right head coach, and the firing of Byron Scott hopefully does that. But with the way the front office looks, the way it's been acting over the last couple of weeks, I'm telling you, man, if you're a Laker fan, if you win a championship in the next five, six, seven, ten years, you better you better thank your lucky stars because I'm telling you, <laughs> lucky stars from the standpoint of you know out on Hollywood Boulevard. But man, this is a brutal, brutal stretch that the that the L.A. Lakers are about to go through. And and could they make the postseason in the next three years if they get everything clicking? Sure, this summer they can they can get some guys, they can make some moves. But it is going to be need to be precise. They're going to need to get the right draft pick. A lot of things need to go their way this off season. Any kind of chance, and the ball got rolling with the firing of Byron Scott uh, last night in the NBA. Uh, rumor, before we get off the air, obviously, for those of you listening to the podcast, we're about to get off the air in about, I don't know, three minutes. Um, this will be a quick show today, obviously. I've ranted about Steph Curry way too long. Not in a bad way either, obviously. And usually I hate on Steph Curry, but the, the people thinking that this team is garbage is just, just a flat-out joke. But let me get to the point. Uh, Kevin McHale is being talked about as potentially being the next coach of the Sacramento Kings. Now, what's fascinating about the Sacramento Kings is they've had George Carl, they've had Malone, they've had a, a nuance of other players, come, you know, coaches come in and try and want to see what they have for the job. And this is just a situation where, look, DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo are just going to run the organization. That's just what it is. It just is what it is. Would I like to see Kevin McHale be there and implement his kind of easygoing, uh, tense toughness, and, and especially help DeMarcus Cousins with some maturity, you betcha. I think that would be a great fit. But at the same time, and as Andrew and I have mentioned multiple times on the show, will it happen? I mean, it, will it happen that DeMarcus Cousins will actually listen? I mean, this really is the last straw. If Kevin McHale really is going to be the coach of the Kings, which is all rumors right now, but it's looking like it's more and more likely going to happen. But if, if he does become the head coach, Will they listen? I mean, it's just been proven time and time again that they don't and that they don't want to and that Rajon Rondo and Rudy Gay and all of them, they really don't care. They just want to do their own thing and play their own way and, 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 just, and just live life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if the Maloof brothers want to open their new arena next season in a great fashion and have a chance at getting to the postseason, they, they have to get Kevin McHale or they got to get someone in there that's going to willing – to have you know Demarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo listen because let's be honest, the the, the players the, the 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 inmates run the asylum there in Sacramento, they do and they're about to get a new jail cell in Sacramento. That's no knock on the on the on the Sacramento Kings. That's just a fact. Rajon Rondo and Demarcus Cousins are on the organization. When they're not happy, the team sucks. When they're decently happy, they're good. You need to get them super happy. Have them get a coach that's going to let them play their way, but also let their talents flourish and make them a complete team because they have the talent to do it. They just need someone to go in there and improvise the situation and make them great again. That's your episode for today. Episode 125 is in the books. Yes, a quick one today, only a 40-minute episode. We got in, we got out, we talked about it. Obviously, the NBA is going on right now. All the nutbags talking about the Golden State Warriors not having a chance to win the title. You're out of your mind. You're crazy. It's absolutely crazy if you think that's the case. Episode 125 in the books. Episode 126 will be tomorrow. Same time, same place as of right now. At the end of the first quarter, Thunder of 35-23. Hornets and Heat are starting the second half. I'm going to go tune into that one real quick. I'm going to get it going. Thank you again for listening, everybody, on the Apple Podcast. 
through CLNS Radio, if you're listening live, I can't. I, I, I'm so grateful for you listening. Again, if you want to chime into the show for tomorrow, same time, same place, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, here on CLNS Radio in the SeatGeek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Have a fantastic night, everybody. Enjoy the basketball, and we're out of here. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy yourself. <laughs>